0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to another edition of NFL reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. It's the best weekend of football all year. We head into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. All the bad teams have been eliminated. Every team that is left is good, and I think we're going to get some really, really good football on Saturday and Sunday this week. I am super excited. I, I feel like I can talk myself e- into each one of these games being a tight contest, so I'm absolutely juiced for this weekend. need to welcome in Kate Magic of DK Nation. Kate, divisional round, we're pumped. Chiefs and Bills is going to be the greatest playoff game that anybody has ever played. And I'm really excited. I'm really (laughs) nervous for the Chiefs, but I'm juiced for this weekend. I I think there's some really good value that we're going to get into in our lineups. Of course, we'll give you our pick three at the end of the show, but this is what I wait for all year this weekend. This is my favorite weekend of football throughout the entire season. And it's going to be amazing. I can't wait.
1: It is going to be amazing. And Like, let me just say after the weekend, uh, the wild card weekend that we had on slate last weekend, I feel like we just uh, deserve better football. Like, I I feel like I have good karma game coming to like this weekend. I'm, I'm excited for all the matchups. I think each one of these teams has uh, a lot of interesting moving parts. Like uh, you mentioned Bill's chiefs. Um, like I'm, I'm just so curious, uh, how this chiefs defense is going to hold up against the bills. Can Josh Allen, uh, continue to, to just be on an absolute tear? Um, what's Patrick Mahomes got? Like, there's just so many different, uh, pieces in each one of these games. Joe Burrow, how is he going to look in, uh, like this huge primetime spot? There's just so many fun things that, uh, we're going to you know, get to see questions we're going to have answered this weekend. Uh, It should be a weekend of quality football. And if it's not, I'm asking the NFL for a refund on the entire postseason because it we need some we need some good quality matchups, please, please, please.
0: I wholeheartedly believe that like the divisional round of the NFL playoffs is where legends are made like this is where we get some of those epic playoff games that we all look forward to every year. So we've got some NFL reacts polls. And before we get in the divisional round, we might as well knock these wildcard polls out. Uh, Was expanding the wildcard round to 14 teams. A good idea. 57% say yes. 43% say no. I think I side with the no here. Um, It just feels like it was unnecessary. You already mentioned The wild card games just were not very entertaining. Uh, There was no real huge upsets like the Niners and Cowboys was a was an entertaining game, I guess, in the fact that it, it came down to the last minute. But it wasn't necessarily a huge upset that the Niners beat the Cowboys. Like we all know the Niners are a really, really talented team and and roster wise, they can compete with anybody when they're healthy and they're healthy. And they had a really good game plan against the Dallas Cowboys. Outside of that, it was a bunch of bad games last weekend.
1: Uh, It was a bunch of bad games, but you know what? I, I can't say that I think the, the quality of games would have been much different had we eliminated um, the seventh seed out of this picture. Cause I, it like, are we saying the, uh, you know, the Eagles played particularly well? I don't, I don't think like what would have changed if we had eliminated uh, the, the seventh seed in your mind? Cause I don't, I just don't think it would have swayed really anything that much that the top teams were dominant and the not top teams were not dominant. Like, uh, Patriots, they got their booties kicked despite, uh, you know, having a really solid, uh, defensive game plan for all of the season, the Pittsburgh Steelers, we knew what we were going to get the Raiders. Um, yeah, I, I think we, also probably knew what we were going to get though. They, they really tried to give the Bengals a run for their money. Like, I don't think anything really changes without the seventh seed uh, for the NFC either.
0: Yeah. I I think that we saw just like the top heavy nature of the NFL right now where the good teams are really, really good. And then everybody else is just kind of floating around in limbo, (laughs) kind of, kind of just average. And I think the only way like the Eagles could have been more entertaining is if they just weren't in the playoffs. And even, you know, the Saints who could not score offensively, at least their defense, like we know that Saints defense gives Tom Brady all kinds of problems. So that game probably would have been more entertaining than the Eagles actually playing the Bucs. But it is what it is. Uh, We got super wild card weekend moving forward. So I'm sure we'll debate this every single year, whether or not they should have a seven seed in the playoffs. But they do. Let's go ahead and get into these divisional round matchups. Uh, I I'm so excited and we'll start with the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans, Derek Henry. It sounds like he's going to return in this game. Kate, uh, you know, they've opened the window. He's been returning to practice, putting the pads on kind of testing his contact, making sure he's comfortable here. And, He's pricey, like he's still getting that Derrick Henry price tag, despite the fact that he hasn't played football in two and a half months. I'm curious how you feel about going after Derrick Henry, like knowing that this Tennessee Titans offense with a healthy Derrick Henry, he's the guy. He's the key component to them scoring and moving the football. I'm just worried that he's not going to be King Henry, that he's not going to get the workload that we're used to, especially at that price tag.
1: Yeah. And especially just the fact that, I mean, we, we really haven't seen, uh, you know, a, a rapid ramp up in his contact. Like he just started uh, seeing contact this week. So it's not like um, he's really been ramping up over the last few weeks and now he's, he's uh, back to King Henry. I don't really know what to expect here. And the, the, Wide range of outcomes makes me a little hesitant to be willing to pay up for Derrick Henry. Um, I do think that there, you know, it, it's kind of hard to find uh, a giant workhorse, uh, especially with some of the teams we have left here. But um, you know, i I'd, I'd rather take a dart throw on, uh, you know, an Elijah Mitchell. Um, who is less expensive. And I think he's going to see just, uh, the same amount of workload, if not, maybe more than Henry this week. Um, I'm hesitant to pay up for Henry and I know it's going to come back. It's going to bite me in the booty. I'm not going full fade on Derek Henry because you can't, but I'm going to fade him in the majority of my lineups just because of the question marks. And I don't know, everybody's so excited. I I'm not sure what the projected, uh, ownership rate of Derrick Henry is going to be this week. Um, but I, I could see him uh, if activated Friday squeezing into a lot of lineups and uh taking up lots of salary.
0: Yeah. The Bengals run defense is okay, but it, it's not like a run defense that you shy away from. And the way the Titans like to attack in the passing game, like they like utilizing those play action looks a lot. So, If Derrick Henry is active, like I I think you can try to get him into some lineups, but and I probably will because, you know, I I just have 20 lineups or whatever out in in the world. So I'll probably try to squeeze him in somewhere just to have a little bit of exposure to him. But he's not going to be a guy that I I build my lineups around this week. I I just got to see him do it first. And. I think that means you probably assuming he gets activated ahead of this game, you got to just avoid Deontay Foreman because I I just don't know what that workload is going to look like. And I'm not confident that, you know, if they bring him back and they rush him back and they assume that Derrick Henry is healthy enough to go here, I would assume that they're, they know, okay, we need him to get a lot of carries and we need him to get work. So that makes me scary, scared of putting a guy like Deontay Foreman in my lineup, even though he's been productive down the stretch.
1: Absolutely. And I think the one thing that's very interesting about Deontay Foreman too, is that uh, he's another guy that could really just completely swing the narrative of this game and swing the narrative of the Derrick Henry return. Uh, Deontay Foreman is a guy that we've actually seen, uh, like you say, be super productive when asked to step up. Um, So, you know, if they are looking uh, to maybe ease Derrick Henry into his workload, uh, I mean, you've got a guy who uh, he has had three 100 yard rushing games uh, over the last, what, six weeks uh, of the season. I, I think that, I mean, he's been a pretty suitable, uh, you know, performer when asked to do it. So I do think he's uh, maybe, you know, going to be another barrier to uh, Derek Henry, seeing those 30 touches because why bother giving him 30 touches when you have a guy like Deontay Foreman, who um, I-, I think is a very capable running back, who can spell Henry uh, better than uh, maybe most backup running backs.
0: I want to dive into the Titans passing attack a little bit. And, you know, the Titans had the first round by, so they were off last week, but it's been hard to rely Uh, on this passing game in in this offense this season. Like A.J. Brown is one of my favorite wide receivers in the NFL. When he is healthy, he is an absolute monster. But he's had some injury issues, especially this season, to the point where he's been a little bit of a letdown in your fantasy lineup. So I love A.J. Brown, but it all comes down to Ryan Tannehill and, and how Tannehill shows up and performs in this game. And again, Cincinnati's defense isn't like a a shut down defense or anything like that, but they're solid and and they've given teams some problems this season. I was really impressed with the way their defense played the Raiders last week. Now the Titans coming off of a bye, and the Titans are kind of an inexplicable team. Like all all season long, we're like, this team's not really that good. Like how do they keep winning the worst
1: number one seed uh, in the history of,
0: all of football. Yeah, like they just kept winning games, kept winning games, and we everybody's just sitting back, like, how does Tennessee keep winning these football games? Like they're scrappy. Taylor? Let's yeah. just call
1: that. They're scrappy. They're um they they do they find themselves always in a position to be in it, but they don't feel like a quality football team. And I think part of that is some of the inconsistency from Ryan Tannehill. You see him shine, um, and then you see him uh just absolutely crumbled to bits. Uh, You've had just sort of various pieces that I think are so key to the offense, uh, especially obviously in Derrick Henry, but uh, also AJ Brown, who's been in and out of the lineup, Julio Jones, who, um, you know, I don't think is necessarily a playable asset for fantasy. Um, He is still somebody that the defenses have to consider. Uh, perhaps a a little bit more uh, seriously than Chester Rogers. Like we just haven't seen all of these uh, pieces together on the field at the same time uh, to really be able to have any sort of idea. I'll be interested to see how they respond with the first round by, um, especially just because they're a team that hasn't had all these key pieces available at the same time. Um, that might actually work against them because they don't have that opportunity to build more chemistry um, as a complete team. It, it's just going to be really interesting to see how they are able to piece this one together.
0: I do think that Ryan Tannehill is, is a guy you can put into your lineups. It's as far as starting quarterbacks go in the divisional round, he's the second cheapest next to only Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think there is some value there where Cincinnati's got two solid outside corners, but you can kind of attack them through the air. And I think that's going to get funneled to AJ Brown and AJ Brown is coming in at a reasonable price tag himself at $6,200. So I actually kind of like the idea of a Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown stack in a game where, Tennessee's got to find a way to put up points. Like we know Cincinnati wants to air it out and they want to score quick. Tennessee's going to have to do that this week too.
1: Yeah. I think that's uh, a a definitely uh, a risky move, um, a stack like that, but we know the upside of Ryan Tannehill. We know the upside of AJ Brown. And I have to imagine with all of these question marks uh, currently in the mix for the Titans right now, I can't uh, necessarily think that I'm, I'm, going to uh, see that as a very um, highly rostered stack uh, just given what Ryan Tannehill has done and and then not done to our fantasy lineups throughout the season because it's been a roller coaster
0: so how do we feel about Julio Jones who no is cheap no and it's it's (laughs) it's so hard to look at his price tag and be like Julio you were such a superstar for so long in your NFL career and I was somebody before the season started like I still want Julio Jones I think Julio Jones is still a superstar player like when he was healthy last year in Atlanta he was still insanely productive and he just hasn't been healthy all season and you know maybe he is healthy now but I, I just don't see how you can trot him out there like it's it is nothing but a dart throw and you're hoping for the best because he has just not been consistent at all. When he's been in the lineup for the Titans this season,
1: honestly, one of like the saddest narratives of all time, but um, yeah, you can't, you can't trust Julio Jones. The issue with him, it, like, yes, he's had, uh, he's coming off a week 18 performance where he had 58 yards and a touchdown. And that was uh, one of his best games of the season. The, the ceiling has not been super high. Um, you know, in week two, we saw a 128 receiving yard performance, but outside of that, um, he's hurt you a lot more than he's helped you, uh, only exceeded 50 receiving yards in three total games this season. Um, just not, not what you want though. I will say, uh, looking at pro football reference, uh, and, and his splits for games against the Bengals. Uh, He's only played two career games against the Bengals. uh, And and those spans have uh, averaged 12.5 targets, eight receptions per game for 130.5 receiving yards and 0.5 touchdowns. Uh, Not, not so shabby uh, for those splits, but uh, unfortunately, uh, that Julio is, I I don't think any longer with us. So RIP do not no Don't, don't, don't play him i, I full fade
0: well and th- this game more so i think than the other divisional round games is really script dependent like we look at some of the other high powered offenses like we know the bills are going to throw we know the chiefs are going to throw we know the bucks are going to throw and the rams are going to throw like we know those offenses are going to attack you downfield kind of no matter what the score is in the game because that's just how they like to play the titans will totally abandon the pass if if they get up early in this game and their rushing attack is being effective. So it it makes me worrisome for anybody other than A.J. Brown. Um, I'm just going to probably avoid their pass catchers for the most part. As far as the Bengals go, uh, we'll obviously get into Burrow and the pass catchers because they're going to be in a lot of your lineups. But I'm curious how you feel about Joe Mixon this week. Tennessee Titans – Secondary isn't great, but their run defense has actually been fantastic all season long. Mixon showed flashes of like being that true RB1 at points this season, but he's kind of been up and down lately. He does have kind of a safe touch total that you can rely on for the Bengals, but he, he's kind of he, he hasn't been the, the RB one that you really want. And going in this tough matchup, I expect the Bengals to throw a lot. I, I don't know if I love Joe Mixon this week.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that I do either. And I mean, just looking at uh, what he's accomplished this season, obviously he's been a top end running back. He scored lots of touchdowns, Um, but it's kind of been um, it's felt like an all or nothing for Joe Mixon. Either he absolutely explodes or uh, you don't see all that much out of him. He's only exceeded 70 rushing yards five times this season. And it, it, seems like that's not enough for a guy who saw 313 total rush attempts on the season. Uh, I, I mean, the, the issue too also comes with, uh, just, you know, the question marks in, and how much do you trust his, uh, receiving totals here? It, it it's really one of those things that it, you can't necessarily count on efficiency. So you're looking at the volume, um, but it, with the lack of efficiency, and maybe the fact that uh, he it does seem a little banged up, we've seen him come in, in and out of the game on and off the field. Um, you know, especially last week, it, it, it was an ankle, just lots of question marks there. I'm going to bet he's not fully healthy. And maybe that's why we're seeing a slight decline in efficiency throughout the season. Uh, but you do have to pay top tier pricing. So would you rather uh, a, a guy like this or maybe, uh, you know, save some money and, you um, I don't know, let's see, uh, like a Cam Akers. Like, I'd feel much better about Cam Akers' salary than I would with Joe Mixon, despite that really safe touch total that Mixon carries.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I think this game is going to come down to the passing attack for the Bengals and, and not necessarily the rushing ability. And maybe I'm totally wrong, and Mixon winds up having a huge game or something like that, but I think this game comes down to Joe Burrow. And he's coming off that, you know, huge Bengals playoff win. First one since, what was it, like 1990 or 1991 or whatever. Um, He's going to have to step up. And I think he he was solid last week, but going against that Raiders defense uh, and the way that Burrow performed the last two weeks of the regular season, I I feel like expectations were a little bit higher for him going into that game. But uh, again, it's playoff atmosphere, nerves, like all that stuff. Winds up being a factor in these kinds of games. But I think that Joe Burrow is going to respond. And I think that the Bengals have a really good chance of winning this football game. And he's at a reasonable price tag. Again, I think they're going to have to throw. And if they want to win this game, it's going to be on the back of Joe Burrow. So I actually really like Joe Burrow in my lineups this week. Absolutely. And as far as the pass catchers go for the Bengals, Jamar Chase. Absolute stud. He's obviously the most expensive Bengals wide receiver at $7,100, but he's still a guy I'm, you know, I'll find some value in some other spots and still get a guy like Jamar chase into my lineup because he's an absolute stud. I'm curious how you feel about T Higgins and and Tyler Boyd, Kate, because they were both kind of quiet or Tyler Boyd did catch touchdown last week. T Higgins was very quiet in that game, but as we know, T Higgins can explode to, And I think that the Titans are going to try to focus heavily on Jamar Chase in in this game, which opens things up for T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Like We've seen Tyler Boyd have long touchdowns several times over the last few weeks because all of the attention is just taken away from him, and he winds up being wide open. So I think both those guys are are good values that you can try to squeeze into your lineups.
1: Yeah, at this point, uh, sort of in our slate where we don't have a ton of games, um, and you know, our, our options for this slate are, are kind of limited. I am looking to get more exposure to guys like T Higgins because we know the, um, the ceiling is quite high. I mean, this is a receiver that has, uh, 1100 receiving yards on the season, six touchdowns, um, and, and down the stretch, I'm not sure you could have asked for, um, a more, a more clutch wide receiver, but I think what, what gets me there, uh, perhaps he doesn't have, Quite as high of a ceiling as Jamar chase does. But I mean, down the stretch, we're looking at uh, four of his last six games with a hundred or more receiving yards. Um, Like this is, this is a player that uh, just can absolutely be dominant. I think it just sort of uh, depends where the coverage is at. Uh, And I do think that at coming after uh, a week of the Jamar chase show, they probably are going to give him a little bit more attention and we could see a really big T Higgins game. I I absolutely love pivoting over and, uh, you know, saving a little bit of money. I mean, the matchup's great. And uh, he's only $5,700. So you're saving, you know, about $1,500 in cap space. If you're, you're, you know, pivoting from Jamar chase to T Higgins, And I do think the upside, though there is a small differential, is not significant.
0: Yeah, and I actually kind of like CJ Uzama a little bit this week. He's only $3,400. Obviously, there are some superstar tight ends in this round and on this slate. So I understand if you want to go with those guys, they they are much safer options. But he did have a solid wild card. Game and it's a reasonable matchup, so he's so cheap, he's another one of those real value guys that you could try to squeak into your lineup. The San Francisco 49ers head to Lambeau Field. It is going to be absolutely freezing in this football game. Your your classic Lambeau Field January playoff game, and Jimmy Garoppolo, as I already mentioned, is the cheapest quarterback on the slate, and he's the cheapest quarterback for a reason. He's also got that hand injury and now he's dealing with the shoulder injury. This week Kyle Shanahan was like, oh, it's not affecting him that much. And Jimmy G was like, no, it hurts every time I throw a football. Like I'm in a lot of pain right now. And I'm trying to I'm trying to get through this thing. Uh I love the 49ers offensive weapons. I love what they did last week against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not going near Jimmy G in this football game, in this like sub-zero potential game. I don't want anything to do with Jimmy Garoppolo this week. Uh
1: yeah, no thank you. I mean, I I don't think I'd be very interested in Jimmy Garoppolo period. Um you know, like just given the nature of this game, it's cold, it's in Lambeau. Like it doesn't have the narrative uh to be a uh Jimmy Garoppolo uh you know, air it out, get some yards after the catch from. It doesn't have that kind of narrative for me. Um uh, but I mean, just partnering that with the injuries and it's not just one, it's like, it's a couple of upper body injuries. And that always scares me. Um, Even if you're not uh, maybe convinced that it'll affect his performance, you always have to worry when we have, you know, these, these injuries, it could be one sack and uh, we, we could see this injury aggravated. Um, maybe this is a point where uh, you look to get Trey Lance and a couple of your lineups in these GPP contests because, um, I mean, as a backup uh, with very uh, limited touch opportunities has still averaged 11 fantasy points per game. Um, if nothing else, maybe they use them all around the goal line and get creative in that way. Um, but I, I think, uh, I don't know, maybe that that could be an interesting pivot play. Uh, If you're looking to a save some salary and if you're a believer that Jimmy G really uh, is not nearly as healthy as Kyle Shanahan hopes to believe.
0: Yeah, I I don't mind that strategy at all. Uh, We've just seen how inconsistent Jimmy Garoppolo can be at times and you know, it's, it's do or die. You got to win to advance. So we'll see how that goes for Jimmy Garoppolo as far as the 49ers Rushing attack goes. You already mentioned Elijah Mitchell. I love, you know, pivoting to a, a Mitchell if you're scared of putting Derek Henry in your lineup. Uh, he's a much better price, and, and we know that when he is healthy, like he's just going to get 20 carries. Like we we know that the San Francisco 49ers are going to utilize him that way, a- and the Packers' rush defense isn't great. So I, I think that the 49ers are going to be able to find some success here. And again, we mentioned the frigid temperatures that they're going to be dealing with in this game. So I I think the 49ers are going to try to run the football a ton. Elijah Mitchell is a good value. I'm a little bit shocked that Debo Samuel is straight up a thousand dollars cheaper than Cooper cup this week. Like that seems a little crazy to me. He's still $7,600, which is still a lofty price tag but they're going to run the ball and Debo Samuel, when he gets rushes, just looks like he's the best running back in football. Like he almost looks like Derrick Henry out there because he's so physical and he's so impossible to tackle.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked at this as well, especially just given the fact that uh, he is because of the way that they utilize him and the way that they find a way to generate touches for him, regardless of uh, if it's as a receiver or as a rusher, like uh, the fact that they are dead set on getting him involved regardless of the game script uh, I think makes him uh, feel like a uh, a better play for me and I, I mean again looking at uh, the upside when I'm trying to decide between uh, two of these receivers I, I upside for Debo Samuel is uh, close enough to that of Cooper cup for me that um, I I'm absolutely willing to make the pivot there and, and hope he gets involved on the ground and um, just let they find as many ways to get the ball into his hands as possible. He's averaging 20 fantasy points per game over on DraftKings. Just seems like uh, th- the differential there is uh, negligible for how much salary you're going to save.
0: Yeah, he's just when he has the ball in his hands, he's just been unstoppable this season. Like whether it's through the air or on the ground, uh, he's one of the most versatile weapons in the NFL, and he, he's just been absolutely incredible. Your Swiss pick Knife. Yes. Your pick three wide receiver from last week, Brandon Ayuk, did wind up having a very nice game. Uh, it would have been better if Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't have just straight up missed him on some wide open passes, but... I, I like Ayuk this week. He's been playing really, really well down the stretch for the San Francisco 49ers, and it looks like he's really rounding into a, a good all-around wide receiver for them. But the Packers are likely going to have Jair Alexander back in this game. He could see a lot of Brandon Ayuk. So I, I'm curious if that kind of makes you stay away from Ayuk this, this week, especially knowing the temperatures and Jimmy Garoppolo, shoulder, hand injury, all of that stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not so much interested in Brandon Ayuk or really any of the receiving options here. Um, you know, even George Kittle, we've seen him sort of uh, be completely neglected here in the postseason. Uh dude's getting bored. I, I feel like he wants to to get some touches here, but I, I just don't like the um the the game script here. I I would prefer to try to keep it on the ground, which of course involves Debo Samuel, but, uh, with the question marks at quarterback, uh, and just the, uh, you know, the, the defensive weapons that could be available and likelier to be available for the Packers. I'm not, not overly interested in Brandon Auk. I don't think he's says as, as decent of value as he should be given the circumstances.
0: And for the Packers coming off of a bye, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been on another level this season. It's every time I watch him, I, I feel like he just makes everything look so easy and smooth. And the 49ers defense is coming off of a great performance against the Dallas Cowboys. I just don't know if that's gonna be enough this week going against this Packers team that is finally getting healthy too, and, and you know, likely getting players like Zadarius Smith and David Bakhtiari back like we're talking about like all pro caliber players that they've played a majority of the season without I just think that everything is kind of aligning for the Green Bay Packers to look really dominant in this game so I think Aaron Rodgers is going to find more success against the secondary than Dak Prescott did last week so Rodgers, Adams who is of course pricey you want to get those guys into your lineups if you can and that's where you find the value so you can capitalize on the guys that are more expensive like those two.
1: Yeah. I think, um, you know, that paired with uh, even the question marks that the 49ers have on defense, like uh, we're not even really talking enough about the injury to Nick Bosa. Um, You know, he's been questionable with a concussion. Uh, You know, the 49ers have been a pretty stout run defense throughout the season. So the road, to a victory for them should lead through Aaron Rodgers. I'm not so much excited about the rushing attack. Um, but my curiosity for you, Steven comes, how would you feel about this rushing attack? If we were to see Nick Bosa, uh, miss this game, if they were to be without some of these key defensive pieces, because that might totally revolutionize your game plan, especially in, uh, this kind of, uh, cold environment and lambo like would that change anything for you?
0: I think that if I'm going to attack the packers rushing game it's going to be AJ Dillon who's significantly cheaper than Aaron Jones. Um I love Aaron Jones. I think he's a fantastic player, but the way the packers decided to utilize those guys down the stretch, AJ Dillon outcarried Aaron Jones. Now Jones is always going to have the work in the passing game, but AJ Dillon has really become like that battering ram for them, and he's getting the goal line touches and getting the end zone opportunities. So, I would rather take the value in the lower salary there and, and just bank on AJ Dillon finding the end zone or, or something. So, Aaron Jones probably not a guy that I'm going to have in a lot of lineups this weekend.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement. Doesn't really change all that much, even if we do see uh, Nick Bosa out for this contest. Um, just not not super excited about uh I don't know. I'm excited about this game, Steven, but I do worry that this could be like a low scoring, um, just kind of slow, slow moving game. Um, and I don't know, the point total installed at forty seven points over on DraftKings Sportsbook. Like, does it feel a little high for you? I I'm not really feeling that point total. Um,
0: I, I don't know if I'd say I don't think it feels high um, because I still think that like the Packers Rogers knows how to play in this cold weather. And so I think he's still going to be able to operate kind of the way that he normally does. And for the Niners, I, I just think that they're so good at running the football, even with a limited Jimmy G. Like we saw it last week, like their passing game is limited in domes because of Jimmy Garoppolo. So <laughs> It's certainly going to be limited in this kind of cold weather game, but they're so good at running the football with Elijah Mitchell and and Debo Samuel that I I still think they can find a way to put some points on the board. Um, If you wanted to pivot away from Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard is only forty four hundred dollars. Randall Cobb is expected to be active In this game, he's only $3,100. So he is like bottom bargain bin price. Sounds like MVS is not going to be available this week. So I actually don't mind Alan Lazard or or Randall Cobb if you wanted to take like a super deep dart throw on on those guys. I think Lazard's got more upside than Cobb just because he hasn't played in a while. But Cobb is so dirt cheap. I'm tempted to put him in some lineups.
1: I actually really like uh, Randall Cobb. Uh, Well, We'll talk about him in a little bit. We'll, we'll tease her.
0: So let's take a quick time timeout. Uh, when we get back, we'll go through these last two games, and we will get to our pick three to try to help you guys get set up. It's coming up next on NFL Reacts.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
0: I'm about
1: to get rid of road man. So I'll put the kids to bed. am betting
0: 1 more.
2: over under.
0: I'm betting on myself across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Stephen Serta of Arrowhead. Pride joined as always by Kate Magic of DK Nation. Kate, we're going through all these divisional round matchups and now we come to the Los Angeles Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it sounded like all week the Bucs were going to be without star offensive lineman Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen, which was making me really nervous headed into this matchup against the Rams. Now, both of these guys did wind up practicing on Friday, so we don't have an official game status on them as of yet. They could be active in this game. I'm curious how you feel about Tom Brady in this offense and just everything that they've gone through this season injury wise and we don't really know who's going to be their starting running back in this game then if they're missing their two best offensive linemen are we starting to doubt Brady in the playoffs a little bit heading into this game
1: uh you're not allowed to doubt Tom Brady actually per um per report of uh history and all of mankind, you're not allowed to doubt Tom Brady. Uh, cause that is when he adds his fuel to the fire. Uh, you know, if you want to fade him and say, you know, maybe the ceiling isn't quite as high, uh, without these, these various weapons, obviously there is a question mark, um, about Tristan Wirfs, And I do think that he would be a huge loss if he's not able to go. But, um, I think we saw in last week's contest, uh, with the way that he did make an attempt to come back off the field when, or come back onto the field when he was obviously hobbled. Uh, Tristan Wirfs is a uh, a pretty tough dude, and it seems like he's pretty motivated to play. Um, Tom Brady did take four sacks last week. Um, it, only the second game this season where he's taken uh, more than three sacks in a game. So, uh, I, it, it doesn't seem like uh, any of these factors are enough for me to to start fading him. Um, just it's, it's not, it's not something that I think, uh, you can, you can do with a quarterback of his caliber, um, and a coach of Bruce Arians caliber. Cause he just has always found a way to win. Um, they did play the Rams in week three. Brady came out, uh, completed 70, uh, nearly 75% of his passes, 432 yards, only one touchdown. But, um, you know, even, even under bad circumstances over the last couple of weeks of the season, he still played, uh, some pretty clean football, uh, and throwing for nearly 600 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions over the last two games they've played. So I don't, I don't know how you fade Tom Brady. I don't, I, I really don't. I think the question marks for me are more, um, surrounding Leonard Fournette and what, what can you do with Leonard Fournette? Can you trust him in your lineups if he's active?
0: So that's kind of what concerns me for Brady. It's not just the offensive lineman; it's this running back room. Like Leonard Fournette tweeted out earlier this week, he was going to play, but then he's been limited in practice. He did return to practice uh, on Friday, and he he sat out earlier in the week. I just. We we've got to get more clarity on who's playing at the running back position because there is some value here. I I think even going against a good Rams run defense. Like last week we saw Giovanni Bernard and Keyshawn Vaughn uh both put up numbers for you and and at reasonable price tags if you wanted to get one of those guys into your lineup. But if lauren Fournette's back, maybe he takes over as the Bell Cow again and both those guys totally lose value. I don't think you have to worry about Ronald Jones at all. But I'm worried uh, uh, about this, and I think that if Leonard Fournette is active, he's going to be the guy that you want to get into your lineup. But again, if they're down to uh, their two best offensive linemen, I, I think that I'm going to avoid the Bucks' rushing attack a little bit here, and that's also why I'm I- I'm a little skeptical about Tom Brady. I think I'm going to fade Tom Brady more than you are, Kate.
1: Yeah, I'm not uh, like, don't say, don't, don't mistake me. I'm not going full all in on Tom Brady here. Um, You know, I just think there are so many question marks about this, uh, this team in general. I know there's going to be value here uh, again, because Tom Brady always finds a way uh, Bruce Arians always finds a way, but I think it's really hard to pinpoint where that value is going to be. Uh, just given the number of pieces involved here and the question marks uh, in terms of injuries. I'd rather stay away from these options, but I will say those question marks uh, make me really willing to pay up for Mike Evans, who I think is very well-priced, $6,800. Um, doesn't really seem high enough for the de facto wide receiver one, um, you know, just given the the overall, uh, you know, narrative that is going on in this game right like it seems kind of silly
0: yeah when the bucks pass catchers were deeper earlier in the season when they had godwin when they had antonio brown this is a game where i might move off of mike evans a little bit because i'd be like well he might see a lot of jalen ramsey and we've seen mike evans really struggle against these number one corners but i kind of felt the same way last week because i was like well the eagles do have darius slay and darius Slay is having a fantastic season Overall, their defense isn't good, but Slay does travel and he'll you know follow Evans around. And Tom Brady just said, I don't give a damn about you, Darius Slay. I'm feeding Mike Evans uh, because I don't have anybody else to throw to besides him and Gronk. So I am confident in both those guys that I just know that they're going to get the look. So Evans and and Gronk are both guys that I would be totally fine getting into my lineup because, you know, Brady's just going to look at him a ton in this football game. Love it. As far as the Rams go, Matthew Stafford was a guy that headed into the playoffs. He had been really up and down recently and was making really questionable throws. Like, just it seemed like week after week, just like bad pick, bad pick, bad pick. What are you looking at, Stafford? What are you doing? And then against the Arizona Cardinals, he was super efficient, just dropping dimes, throwing touchdowns. And I'm like, Okay, okay. Now I'm back on board with <laughs> Matthew Stafford and, and this Rams passing offense. Like that game against the Cardinals, this team just looked so dominant and they had their stars showed up. And it was like, that's why the Rams built this entire roster just on superstars. Whether you want to question their depth or, depth or not, this roster is absolutely loaded. So I, I love Matthew Stafford this week and I love this Rams passing offense overall.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, especially you know, the, the addition here and how good, uh, OBJ looked last week. It, it's not even though, as though he, uh, put up a huge, uh, stat line, but uh, Odell Beckham jr. I think is getting more and more comfortable here in this offense. Um, I do think that it, probably the shakiest part of this offense is, uh, Matthew Stafford at this point, cause he also doesn't look fully healthy. He's taken some really big hits down the stretch, but, um, you know, I, I do think that this is a team uh, that, you know, with plenty of question marks in the Bucs secondary can find some room in the air, um, especially with the fact that their run game is working so effectively that opens things up. Um, you know, th- this defense, uh, this Bucks defense is going to have to think uh, once, twice, and maybe three times every time uh, they line up to make a play because Cam Akers is going to be in the back of their minds. Um, I, I mean, I can, I can see them finding some more success. Maybe, maybe Cam Akers really is opening things up, uh, much more significantly too. Maybe it wasn't just, uh, the Cardinals absolutely rolling over, which it seemed like they did. Uh, I I'm not all in on, on Matthew Stafford. I'm a little more skeptical, but I, I, I do think I'm going to have him, uh, a few shares
0: in some of my lineups. So I think that was the biggest thing for this Rams offense is that Odell Beckham looked really good. Like he looked like old Odell Beckham, like getting free releases off the line of scrimmage and like losing guys with his route running ability and explosiveness and snatching touchdowns in the end zone. Like he looked really good in that game. And as you mentioned, Cam Akers it's unbelievable that he looks this explosive coming back from an Achilles injury that fast. And it's unbelievable to me that they gave him 17 carries in a playoff game.
1: That was wild. That was absolutely wild.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's absolutely crazy. And so I am with you on cam Akers. He is 5,500 this week and he's actually more expensive than Sony Michelle, who had kind of been taken over the bell cow role for this offense. So I think that Cam Akers is the guy that you want. I think that they made it clear last week, like he's healthy and we're not afraid to give him carries. So I I am curious, like, do you think there's any value in in Sony Michelle at all being a little bit cheaper and and still, you know, having a sizable amount of carries last week, but Cam Akers clearly looked like the best running back on the Rams team.
1: He clearly looked like the best running back with the Rams, but I, I think like the bigger concern for me is that um in addition to not only looking like the best running back, I think the Rams were aware that he was the best running back. And that's not even to say that uh Sonny Michel hasn't been incredibly efficient this year because I I, I think he's done very well with uh, you know, the the number of touches that he's had. Um, you know, lost a little bit of that efficiency down the stretch, but uh, to start, you know, his, his tear here, uh, looked really good. Um, I, I'm actually kind of, uh, shocked pulling up his stats. Uh, he has had nearly, or in this season, he's had nearly a thousand scrimmage yards, which like when, uh, doesn't, doesn't feel like that actually happened. Um, but I mean, down the stretch, he's gained a lot of steam, but I think the, the upside is capped with cam makers here. I mean, last week. 13 touches in a game where you uh you really thought that they were going to ease Cam Makers in a little bit more than they did. I'm I'm a bit worried and I'm full fade on Sony Michelle.
0: Yeah. Cam Akers just looked so good. Like he, he just looked, he was so impressive in that game and it was so cool to see him come back that quick. And, and but look. let me
1: tell you, I like, I was never a Cam Akers fan. I wasn't a huge fan coming out of college. And you know what? Like I genuinely say, I, I genuinely believe this. Um, he looks better now than I think he did before the injury, uh, which is, just absolutely bonkers because uh, I don't know. His name's going to be like in medical textbooks uh, from now on. When you hear of running backs and Achilles injuries, uh, there's going to be a picture of uh, Cam Akers absolutely slicing NFL defenses.
0: Yeah. It's going to happen. That's just absolutely unbelievable. But let's get into our final game the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. I've been talking about this game all week kate and i keep going back and forth and talking myself into the bills and talking myself back into the chiefs and this is the first time over the last three years going into a playoff game where i'm legitimately like the chiefs i don't think are the best team in in this football game And, and i think that they've got a strong chance of losing this one when you go when you look at the way Josh Allen played against the Patriots and the way he carved them up. It's not just that game. It's the way he's been playing over the last month or so since they decided to start doing more designed runs with him and, and utilizing his legs in the big plays that he can make like that. It's opened up the entire offense for the bills. Devin Singletary, has all of a sudden found life late in the season and been a super effective running back. And a lot of that has to do with the threat of Josh Allen as a runner. But then also he's just carving defenses up with his arm and he's just throwing lasers all over the football field. Like he just feels like he is totally unstoppable. And I think he's the safest quarterback this week to put into your lineup.
1: Yeah, I think he's uh the safest quarterback. He also has uh, you know, the the highest upside for me. Um, but you mentioned that they were getting him more involved in design runs. But I really do think that the the storyline here is Devin Singletary and their ability to establish the run. Um, he's he's been a tremendous asset to them down the stretch. And uh it's not even uh, you know, that he's He's looked like, uh, Adrian Peterson out there. He's looked great. Um, but he's just been really consistent, uh, and getting those tough yards, um, just a, a touchdown in each of the last five games or more. Um, he's, he's really, I think, opened things up for this offense. And I think as long as they continue to stick with him, um, they need to get these running backs in a rhythm. And I think that opens up things so much for Josh Allen. And I think that literally, uh, you know, the run game alone has been what has transformed this offense over the last few weeks of the season from a good offense to an unstoppable offense.
0: Yeah, they've been incredible to watch. And then you look at their pass catchers and, you know, Dawson Knox is having an incredible season. And I think he's a guy you can absolutely get into your lineup. And I'm probably going to have a lot of Dawson Knox shares. He absolutely torched the chiefs when they played in, in week five. It's, it's a different defense now, but, Dawson Knox is a stud, so he's a guy that I want in my lineups. But then when you look at the Bills' pass catchers, it's like Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Isaiah McKenzie. All of those guys can provide value in some way, I I think. And they've all had their moments this season where they've been productive. Like, I think, you know, any of those guys, Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Isaiah McKenzie, like, I think all those guys are like dart throws in what I expect to be a really high scoring game. Because I think everybody could find the end zone at some point in this contest. Like, I think both these teams are going to show up and, and be ready to put up points. I don't think the defenses, or it's going to come down to like which defense can get like one or two stops like that. That's how I feel about this football game.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a really great approach and how I'm going to sort of address these Bills wide receivers, because um, like like you said, I do think a lot of this is going to be, um, you know, just sort of uh, who's open because uh, Josh Allen, he's making the plays, he's reading the field um, and they have so many weapons that uh, somebody will be open and inevitably Josh Allen will find him. Um, so I think the best way to maybe approach this is to get a little bit of exposure to each of these lower end wide receivers like Gabe Davis, like Cole Beasley, just, uh, get like 20% exposure to each of these assets. And I think one of them is going to hit very big.
0: Yeah, like I, I keep forgetting that Emmanuel Sanders is just a part of this football team. Like their <laughs> wide, their wide receiver room is, is just so insanely deep, and they're yeah. They, I think they all can provide some kind of value. If I wanted to spend up, I would spend up on Stefan Diggs because there's like that famous picture of, of Diggs watching the Chiefs celebrate the AFC Championship last year and saying, you know, coming off the field and saying. I watched it because I never want to feel that way again. Like I think Stefan Diggs is going to have a really big game this weekend. So uh, I think I he, love
1: that. I love it. I love it.
0: <laughs> like he he's extra motivated and pissed off at these Kansas city chiefs. I think Stefan Diggs is going to have a, an absolute monster as far as the chiefs go, you know, I don't want to read too much into them dominating the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what they should have done against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But what I will say is that game for the first time all season, in my opinion, the chiefs looked like the 2018, 2019 chiefs offenses where Patrick Mahomes was making it look easy. And the the threat of having Jarek McKinnon in, in the passing game and having a running back who can get into open space and make guys miss and Andy Reid actually dialing those things up is an element of the Chiefs offense that they haven't really had since like Kareem Hunt and Damian Williams. Like they just haven't had it that consistently in their offense. And it sounds like Clyde is going to go in this game. I still hope that they give Jarek McKinnon plenty of work because he's looked so good and Clyde's just not that kind of explosive player. The way we've seen Jarek McKinnon look over the last two games, but I'm still comfortable uh, attacking this chief's offense and and thinking that this is like a a sort of like one of those legacy playoff games for Patrick Mahomes, where, you know, we talk about Tom Brady, Peyton Manning matchup and like, you know, and, and the way those guys showed up to play in those games. Like, this is that kind of game for Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, where if they find a way to beat this Bills team, this is the thing that can truly, like, widen the gap between Patrick Mahomes and everybody else and be like, okay, he's truly the the best in the world right now.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, this is definitely an a opportunity um, to step up and just sort of put a whole team on your back. because. Um, Even though, you know, obviously this is a very high powered offense. They have all the weapons that they could possibly want. You have the best tight end in the NFL. Um, but it's, it's, what are you going to do against, uh, an Uber competitive team? Um, and I mean, these are, I think the, uh, two best teams in the AFC. So I really wish we didn't have to pit them against each other in the divisional round. Wish we could have saved that matchup for, uh, maybe the AFC championship, but I, I mean, that's, that's your defining moment is what do you do against, uh, the, the best team remaining in your conference. Uh, and I think that's, that's easily what we're going to see in this game. Um, uh, Patrick Mahomes, we know he can put it on his back, but we've also seen some, some pitfalls, uh, throughout the season. So, um, I, I think we're going to see a good game out of Patrick Mahomes. I think he's, uh, I mean, you can't argue with his, uh, you know, postseason experience. He's got, uh, he's got plenty of that to his name. I, I think he's going to do just fine, but it's definitely one of these, these moments that I think, uh, folks are going to look at and they're going to say, this is why we paid him his contract. And this is why, uh, this is why he's a mega mega millionaire.
0: And Tyreek Hill had some down weeks. He was dealing with an ankle injury, and he was kind of struggling when he came back from the COVID-19 list, but it was nice to see him catch that 31-yard touchdown last week. It's This is the game where you need your superstars to make plays. So Tyreek Hill at $6,600 and Travis Kelsey at $6,500. You know, the Bills are going to try to take them away, but you need your Hall of Fame caliber players to make plays this weekend. So there's still guys that I'm willing to get into my lineup. I'm not going to avoid them or anything. If I wanted to take a a dart throw on another one of these Chiefs secondary wide receivers, I think it's going to be Byron Pringle. Uh, He's just been the most consistent guy out of that group i don't trust McCole hardman at all um you know he had that he had a big game in week 18 against the broncos but tyree kill wasn't active in that game and you know some sometimes McCole hardman gets seven snaps like you just can't <laughs> trust that he's even going to see the field he's he should get some run in this game but i think byron pringle is the only other guy that you could really rely on and and, and attack in this chief's offense but
1: yeah, I we, think I think that's fair. Um and let me just remind everybody that uh though we haven't seen a very high ceiling for Tyreek Hill uh against the Bills in the regular season when they played each other in the AFC Championship last year, nine catches for 172 receiving yards. Casual, very casual.
0: Yes. And I know the Bills secondary has been really good. I've been diving into their defensive numbers all week and they're kind of astounding, like their past defense, especially, uh, especially it, without
1: Tradavius white. Like I, yeah. I, I, thought they were going to tank
0: it's, but then like when you look at the quarterbacks that they've played, you're like, okay, I feel like there's, <laughs> there's some room for, for this secondary to be exploited a, a little bit when you look at the quarterback competition, but their secondary has been absolutely stellar. But again, big players have to make big plays in big games. So that's, that's the strategy that I'm going to operate with this week. We do this each and every week to try to help you get you set up for your DraftKings lineups. It is the Pick 3. Pick me! One, two, three. Pick one. I'm free. Pick 3, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Pick 3 is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBN NFL only at the DraftKings sportsbook. Again, we pick one quarterback, one running back, and one wide receiver that we want to build our lineups around. Try to make sure we can win some money in the divisional round this weekend. Try to get you guys some of that lo- that value in your lineup. Kate, kick us off with your pick three quarterback.
1: All right, we talked about him earlier. I'm going with Joe Burrow here. Uh, Joe Burrow has just been on an absolute tear, and I do think that, uh, like, if if they want to advance in this round, this game's going to be on his back. Coming in at sixty six hundred dollars this week, just feels too low, too darn low for a quarterback that ranks third in fantasy points per game since week fifteen. Uh, he's only behind Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in that metric. Uh, in that span, ranks third in passing yards, first in passer rating among NFL quarterbacks. Uh, just, I think this is a delicious matchup Tennessee. If you look at their fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks down the stretch doesn't look great. But then when you look at their opponents, you kind of see why we had Tyrod Taylor, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Ben Roethlisberger. These are the opponents they face down the stretch. Um, I I think that this Tennessee defense is absolutely exploitable in their secondary and Joe Burrow. This is going to be his game.
0: Yeah, we saw that week 18 matchup where Davis Mills and Danny Amendola carved up the secondary. So the
1: dynamic duo.
0: (laughs) Yes. 36 year old Danny Amendola that I did not know was still in the NFL. Just went (laughs) absolutely nuts against this secondary in week 18.
1: Danny Amendola didn't know that he was still in the NFL until uh, he exploded against the secondary. So I think we're going to be just fine.
0: Yeah. He was like, what are you what are you talking about? You want me to play today?
1: (laughs) (laughs) He did just fine. I love it. Uh, I think Joe Burrow, uh, little Joey's going to have himself a day.
0: Yeah, Joey B is going to go nuts this weekend. My pick three quarterback is Matthew Stafford. I already mentioned Stafford was efficient enough last week to to build my confidence in him. I, I really like what he did against the Cardinals. Even though he only threw the ball 17 times, he was super efficient and he carved up their defense when he was given an opportunity to do that. At $6,200, he feels like a steal. To me, um, I think this is a game where they just have to attack the Buccaneers secondary, and I think they're going to throw the football quite a bit more than they did against the Arizona Cardinals. The Bucks' run defense is good. It hasn't been as dominant recently, but it can still give you some problems. So I think the Rams are really going to try to attack this Bucks secondary down the field. Absolutely love Matthew Stafford this week. Your pick three, running back, Kate.
1: All right, uh, I'm going to go with Jarek McKinnon coming in at $4,800 this week against the the Bills, which has been kind of an exploitable matchup on the ground. Um, I think he's the perfect contrarian play, especially with the return of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I I just think that Jarek McKinnon looked too darn good not to generate some more touches for um, the week to come. Six catches, 81 receiving yards, and a touchdown um, I, I genuinely think he could be uh, emerging here as the wide receiver two uh, in this contest, um, and I, I do think they are going to get him touches on the ground. Obviously, this backfield was a mess, but uh, I think the value there, considering the upside in the receiving game, is tremendous at forty eight hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, he was just that good last week. Like they, they have to if they want to win this football game. They have to get Jerick McKinnon involved in the passing game again. My pick three running back is Cam Akers. He's $5,500 this week coming off that big 17 carry game against the Cardinals. He didn't put up a huge yardage total, but as I mentioned earlier in the show, it's more a matter of him just looking explosive and looking healthy and dynamic. Coming into the season, he was an RB1 for a lot of people who had all the upside in the world prior to that Achilles injury and I think it was really good to see him look that way against the Arizona Cardinals. I'd still expect Sonny Michel to be in the mix and get some carries, but I think that the 17 carries that he got against the Cardinals was kind of a statement by the Rams that he's healthy and we're not afraid to use him like our number one running back as we try to keep our playoff run alive. So I love Cam Akers this week. I think you should absolutely get him into your lineup. Your pick three wide receiver, Kate.
1: I teased it earlier. I'm rolling with Randall Cobb, yes, uh, Mister Returning from Injury, but I cannot get over this salary of thirty one hundred dollars. Obviously, could be limited, but I just love the uh, upside of Randall Cobb with Aaron Rodgers because um, I think that you know everything goes through the end zone here. I think they should have plenty of opportunities um, in the red zone, regardless of uh, you know whether this game is. Uh, a a game that they keep on the ground. I still think there's end zone opportunities to be had, especially for Randall Cobb. We know that, uh, I mean, he's like the reason Aaron Rodgers ticks on a day-to-day basis Um, in this last game had 95 receiving yards and a score. Um, I I just think that the, the touchdown upside here and given the value at $3,100 Really hard not to get him into your lineups, uh, just as a value play, uh salary cap relief sort of player with uh plenty of plenty of upside.
0: And we know Aaron Rodgers absolutely loves him. So they are
1: best friends, best yeah. friends that ever did live.
0: Yeah, that should always come into play in your DraftKings lineup strategy. <laughs> uh my pick three wide receiver is AJ Brown. I already told you guys how much I love him. He is a little bit more pricey. Then I would normally target in the pick three, but when I'm just looking at number one wide receivers that I know are gonna get, you know, like ten plus targets, AJ Brown is the cheapest one. Like he's cheaper than Stephon Diggs, he's cheaper than Tyree Kill, he's cheaper than Mike Evans and Jamar Chase and Debo Samuel and Devonte Adams. So I, I think there's value in that because he's gonna be the guy that Ryan Tannehill targets. I don't know what to expect from Julio Jones, but I know that a healthy AJ Brown is a really good football player. And I think the Titans are going to have to throw in this football game. So he's going to have to have a monster game for Tennessee to try to sneak past the Cincinnati Bengals. So I absolutely love AJ Brown this week. Right. That's it. That is our pick three brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of NFL reacts. Make sure you follow Kate on Twitter at FF ball I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Please make sure you subscribe rate and review everything that we're doing on the SB nation NFL show. You can also review on Spotify now. So help us get those numbers up on Spotify. Please subscribe. If, if you do listen to us over there, Thank you guys so much. I hope your teams win. I hope your squad survives and advances to the title games. Let's go enjoy a very fun weekend of football. We'll talk to you guys soon.
1: Enjoy. Bye.